0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. And so we, uh, every year we receive an offering which we give, people in the church give money And then we give all of that money away to different places. We send a lot overseas to help with the work of building churches in Africa, in India. Uh, We use the money to help with different uh, emergency care, all of those sorts of programs here in Perth. And uh, our faith offering update this week was $138,773.10. I love the 10 cents in there. Who is doing that? It's good. We love the 10 cents. I'm going to put another 10 cents in this week just to, just to move that. But I do want to say a big thank you to everyone that has been a part of that. Um, your generosity will bless many, many people. And we in this room, it, it, can, it blows my mind to think that we in this room can have an impact in different nations without even stepping foot on a plane. By our generosity, we can put food on the table for families that would be starving. Never underestimate the impact you can have by following Jesus and, and being obedient to what he has called you to. Because we can make a big difference. So thank you for that. I think it's still, you're still able to give if you wanted. If someone does want to give a couple more cents, 10 more cents, just make that go up to 20 uh, by next week, that would be fantastic. But uh, thank you so much for your generosity. Who, who here, I have to say, you know, disclaimer, I'm a bit cheeky. So if you haven't heard me speak before, um, please forgive me if I get a little bit cheeky, okay? Who here likes being on call waiting? Not a trick question. Centrelink, the bank, insurance companies, you know, telemarketers, Telstra, we're calling everyone out this morning. You know that, that time when you're on the phone and, and you're waiting, and they're like, oh, please, I'm just going to put you on hold. Can you please hold the line? And you hold the line. And you hold the line. And you hold the line, and you hold the line. And it feels like an eternity passes before someone gets back to you. Anyone ever had this experience before? Anyone? What? When they cut you off, that is the worst when it drops out. And then you're like, I don't even know who I was talking to. I can't remember their name. Got to call back, get back in the queue. Wait, 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 wait. It's the worst thing. So in my cheekiness... I thought, man, I'm going to get some revenge. I'm going to turn the tables. And so I went through a little experiment period of time where I would call up banks, insurance companies, and then I would ask them to hold. <laughs> I get talking about what, what I want, what I need, and they'll like, say, can you just hold the line for a bit? Let me just talk to my manager. Have a little bit of fun with them. I can tell you they're not as patient as we are. They just hang up. They just cut you off. I want to speak this morning about uh, waiting. And I've called this message, Wait Watchers. And I'm putting a disclaimer out there from the start. We're not talking about how well you Eat, we're talking about how well we wait. We're going to jump into the scriptures this morning. If you have a Bible, we're going to open up to Mark's gospel in the 14th chapter, and I'm going to read a, about 10 verses from verse 32. Mark 14:32, it says this: "They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and he fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him may pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and he found his disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Which he obviously was. Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the Spirit is willing but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. And when he returned to them, he found them sleeping again. For they couldn't keep their eyes open. They must have been really, really tired. And they didn't know what to say. Read again in verse 41. When he returned, to them, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But know the time has come. The Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. We have this moment where Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he goes to this place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane means the, the oil press, the, pla- the place of crushing. Symbolic of the oil that would be crushed, the olive that would be crushed. And in this place, Jesus is uh, leading the disciples And he tells them, we see there, he gives them three instructions throughout this passage of Scripture. The first instruction that he gives them is to the the greater group of the disciples. And he says, sit here while I go and pray. So he's bringing them to this place. And then he says to the disciples, sit here and I'm going to go and pray. And then we read that he brings three of the disciples a little bit further into the garden but still doesn't take them to where he's going. He says to them, when they get a little bit further in, it says that he has uh, Peter, James, and John, and he tells them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Think about this. Uh, We probably understand the excruciating pain that Jesus suffered on the cross, physical pain. His body being beaten, battered, bruised, but think about the, the emotional and the spiritual toll that this had on Jesus as well. He says to these three guys that he's brought with him, that my soul is, is, is being crushed with grief. What he was carrying in that moment was intense. And so he went to pray to the Father. He went to spend time with the Father. He told some of the disciples to just sit here and wait But then he says to these three disciples, uh, he went on a little further, he says to these three guys, stay here and keep watch with me. So he's giving them instruction. And then he goes further in and then he starts to pray. He brought them to a certain point and then he says, sit, wait, wait and watch. And he goes further. I want to ask us this morning, how do we deal with God telling us to wait? How do do we work through God saying, I'm going ahead, which is what Jesus was doing. He was going to do what only he could do. And he says to them, he brings them to a certain point, and then he says, sit here and just wait and watch. Anyone ever experienced it before where you feel like God is bringing you to a point or he's working and moving you forward in life, and then he just says, let's just press pause for a moment. Just wait here. And it feels like he's gone. And it feels like he's gone before. The reason I feel like this is important for us is because so much of life is actually lived in the middle. Do you know what I mean by that? The middle of where I was and where I will be. The middle of who I was, and Vicky said this this morning, who I was before and who I want to be in the future. Thank God that we're not where we were, but I'm believing God that we're moving forward. But so much of life is lived in the middle of that between who we were and who we are becoming, where we have come from and where we are going. And so much of it, we're just, it feels like I'm waiting for God to do what God wants to do, waiting for Him to give us the green light to say it's time to move. And how we wait is actually important. The three there, he says, sit and watch. And what happens? He comes back to them and they're asleep. Simple instruction. And I was trying to, you know, find my way through that and think, well, I wonder if you could kind of excuse them for that. But I don't know that you can watch and sleep unless you have like prophetic dreaming gift or something, but they fall asleep. Not once, not even twice, multiple times they fall asleep, and Jesus comes back to them to find them asleep. They were called to wait and to watch, but they fell asleep. I try and translate this into like a modern-day uh, modern situation. We may not fall asleep when Jesus calls us or tells us to wait and watch, but we tend to get distracted with other things. If you go into any waiting room, right now, doctor surgery, uh, whatever the waiting room might be, waiting for an appointment, waiting for an interview, whatever it might be, I can pretty much guarantee you I know what is happening in that waiting room. People have their phones and they're just scrolling and trolling on their phones. Because we, we, rather than waiting, we fill our time, we fill our minds, we distract ourselves. And that can happen in life. When God says, pause, hold there, well, how do we respond? How do we deal with that? There are things that only God can do. I don't know if you're aware of that, but that's a liberating thought. Because that's, that means there's things that we aren't responsible for or don't have to do. We just trust Him to do them. He is faithful, He is good, and He is able. But there are things that He calls us to do. And so I want to pull a few of those things out this morning to perhaps help us with how we can uh, be good Weight Watchers. Here's the first thing I want us to think about this morning what he does and what we do. He prepares the way we wait patiently for the day. See, what, what was happening here in Gethsemane is Jesus went to the place that he needed to be. And he brought the disciples to the place that they were able to get to. The, the place that they were able to uh, be at that point in time. But it, it, it tells us that there's often times when Jesus goes before us and he calls us just to wait on him. You'll see this throughout scripture all the time. God's people were called to wait on him. You know that God right now is doing something in your life. And Vicki said this before. A lot of it we just don't see. And we're like waiting impatiently for him to hurry up and do things now, like when we want them done. Not realizing that he's actually way ahead of us, doing things that we don't realize need to be done. Can I tell you about an invention that some of us in this room hate? In 1912, they brought this traffic light. And um, this was to stop some of the congestion believe it or not, and some of the accidents that were happening on on the roads. Traffic lights can be frustrating because they make us wait. They make us stop. And I've learnt now that I can't blame the traffic light on me being late. How many people, you know, you're, you're rushing to work, and you're like, oh, man, the traffic was so bad, but you had time to get your cappuccino on the way in. Oh, uh, you know, I just, uh, how's, how's this, right? I was thinking about this. And maybe some of you do it in this room, so please don't feel judged. You are loved. Praying for green lights. I know people that pray for green lights. I'm just praying for a green light and rebuking reds. I don't, I, I'm just praying for green lights all the way. Have a think about that. I'm praying for green lights the whole way through. I bet you no one in the room prays for red lights the whole way to work. No, I, I dare you to. Tomorrow when you're on the way to work, pray, God, I pray for every red light today. How unusual does that sound? Because we want green lights. We want to keep moving. We don't want to be slowed down or stopped. But what if, and think about this, if you pray for all green lights. Now, I've asked someone this. I want to pray for green lights the whole way. My first thought is that's real dangerous. Because if every light in Perth goes green, can you imagine what's going to happen? But they qualify that by saying, no, I'm not praying for everyone else to have green lights. I'm praying for my green lights. Okay, that's not dangerous, that's selfish. Because if you're getting green lights, guess what? Everyone else is getting red lights. Maybe we need to pray for some... Red lights where God can stop us and we can actually wait long enough to hear what He's saying rather than rushing and rushing and rushing and trying to get to the next place. Understand this that uh, He has gone before you, and sometimes you're waiting at that red light for Him to prepare what is ahead of you, and so, red light for Him to prepare you for what is ahead of you. Waiting is actually a gift. Waiting is actually a place where God can transform us, where God can work on us, where God can speak to us. But our attitude in it is really, really important. Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6, it says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning." more than watchmen for the morning. My soul is waiting on God. This is something I desire, is to wait and watch. To wait with a soft heart, to wait with an attentive gaze, to look to Him and wait for Him to make the move that needs to happen. Sometimes we we, we get so impatient, we just want to run ahead. We want to run ahead of God, but you've got to know that He is the one who's going ahead. He's preparing a way. He's preparing something for you. And as I said before, sometimes it's the fact that He's preparing something ahead of you. And sometimes He's preparing you for what's ahead of you. We wait patiently for the day. Have you ever noticed when you read Scripture and it says waiting Patiently. I like that it qualifies it because it's possible to wait impatiently. Again, look at traffic. People are waiting because they have to. But if there was any choice, they'd be zooming past. Impatiently waiting. And so we watch our hearts in this, the way we wait patiently for him. Here's the second thing I want to draw out. He keeps his promises. We keep proper perspective. He keeps his promises. We keep proper perspective. Habakkuk 2 verse 3, it says, This vision is for a future time. It describes the end. Listen to this, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. If God has given you a promise, you can bank that promise. He is a promise keeper. He fulfills his word. If he's given you a vision for your life of where you will be, of what will take place, then you know that you can trust him for that to take place. And I love those words that says, even if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place does that give you relief to know that he is the one who keeps his promises his promises if he speaks then it will come to pass it is true and so his role he makes the promise and he keeps the promise Our role is to keep proper perspective in the waiting room. To keep our minds fixed upon him and what he has said, rather than some of the circumstances around us that may say something different to us. You ever struggle with that? In that waiting period, where you're not quite where you were, but you're not quite where you want to be? Maybe the guys in Shalom, you can relate to this being in the program you're not where you were but maybe you're not exactly where you want to be but you're in a place where God is able to do what he wants in you so that he can do what he wants through you in the future and he keeps his promises we just got to keep perspective one of the one of the ways that we do this is by thinking of eternity and I know it sounds a little uh, cliché, but this life is really short. This life is so short when you compare it to the vastness of eternity. This life, is life affects eternity. Eternal perspective helps us to see, okay, today, to leave tomorrow to tomorrow, to yesterday, but I'm looking forward knowing that there is much more than just this little we get on this patch of earth, the more. Of our minds, you know that time, yeah, the, 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 that battle that comes when God has said something to us or He's shown us something, He's shown us who we want to be. You, know, you have that vision of who you want to become and then the doubt comes in or, or the enemy starts to sow seeds of worry. I'll never be that person. I'll never have that career. I'll never have that ministry. Those things that come against our minds to to make us, you know, falter in this. It's amazing because so many good people have fallen in the waiting room. So many good people have faltered in the waiting room, even through scripture. David, Abraham, The disciples fell asleep. There's many, many good, godly people that have been called to wait. God's pressed the pause button. But they haven't waited well. And it's affected their lives. It's affected where they go. And so we've got to keep perspective. Another perspective. God can do what he wants. He is sovereign. He knows all. We are not, and we do not, know everything. And if we have a perspective that understands that God is doing stuff that I can't understand, we don't, he, he doesn't need to answer to our demands, check all the boxes that we want checked, He's allowed to do whatever He wants. He is God. He is sovereign. And to have perspective that, God, look, I'm going to wait for you patiently to work things the way that you think are best. And I'm not saying don't pray because the disciples have said to watch and pray. So engage with God in this. But know that He keeps His promises and He will ultimately outwork everything that He wants outworked. We just got to keep perspective. Don't lose sight of the bigger picture, day by day. Don't lose sight of the bigger picture. He's doing something. Here's another perspective, and I learned this. I went over to India on on a missions trip, and I'm sitting in India on a little brick fence, and I'm watching the traffic in India, and there was like forty eight million people on the road that day. And I thought to myself, what makes me any different from the 48 million people that have walked past me this morning? We're all human, but God in His sovereign design has placed us in different places. But not one of us is any more important than the other. Whether you're working in as a CEO a boardroom, or you're meat, meet, no one person than the other. So when we go back to that idea of the traffic, I've got to understand that God's not just working on it. He's working on a, whole, and He's not just working for me. He's doing work for a whole heap of other people. He's working for your neighbor, he's doing something in their hearts. And we can lose perspective and think it's all about me. God, do mine first, please. God, can you just leave that person in the queue? They're happy to wait patiently. I'm not. God, I really need this right now. I know you're doing something over there with that person. I'm not saying that He's He can only work in isolation. But I am saying that there are other people here. And God's working in them and on them and for them as well. And we should celebrate that, not just compare one another to one another. Keep perspective. It'll help help us to wait really well. The the psalmist says in, in Psalm 37, it's pretty interesting. He says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still, wait patiently. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. And then verse 34 it says, "Wait for the Lord and keep his ways, and He will exalt you to inherit the land, and you will look and you will look on when the wicked are cut off." The, the, the guy who wrote, wrote this psalm was actually you know, working through a little bit of this. You look around and you see people who are doing evil, and they're prospering. You look around and you see people that are doing whatever they want and they seem to have everything they want. Meanwhile, we're sitting here trying to obey Jesus and life doesn't look like what it looks like for everyone else. And so the psalmist is like, just... Keep waiting. Don't worry about what they have. Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about how they prosper. Don't compare yourself. Don't keep that. That's not the perspective we have. Just look to Him and let Him do what He wants to do in your life in His timing. Don't get caught up in looking out there. Because sometimes it's not going to look like you got it all together. Sometimes it's not going to look like you want it to look like. And when you look around and you see, oh man, there's people who are doing all these other things. They're not following Jesus. They're living life. You know, that messes with your head. Oh, why am I doing this? We've got to keep perspective. There is nothing that can can give you greater satisfaction than Jesus. There is nothing that can fulfill your heart like Jesus. Take all the riches in the world. Take all success. Take all of those things. Just give me Jesus. Because he, at the end of the day, is the only one who will eternally satisfy our soul. And so prosper. They can prosper. Keeping my eyes on Jesus. That's a perspective that will help us to wait well. He is the promise at the end of the day. Here's the last thing I want to bring out of this. He watches his word, we watch our hearts. Jeremiah 1.12, it says, The Lord said to me, you've seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. I said it before, God keeps his promises. The words that he has spoken, he watches over. He, he pays attention to himself so that he can perform it. That's his role. He watches over his Word and he will perform it. Our role in this again is to watch over our hearts. He's responsible for outworking those things. We're responsible for the state of our hearts. And he watches over his word. I know sometimes we, we want to remind him of what he's promised. Lord, remember you said this. I'm watching over your word. I'm reminding you. He remembers. He hasn't forgotten. He doesn't have amnesia. He doesn't have short-term memory loss. He remembers what he's promised. And he is actively watching over that word to perform it. Our responsibility is to keep our hearts ready. Because guess what? One day the red light's going to turn green. And the question is, are you ready to walk into everything that God has prepared for you? Perhaps the red light is not not a curse that we should rebuke, but a blessing that helps us get ready, that helps us to be prepared for what God is wanting to do. He is committed to his plans and purposes, more committed than any one of us in this room. He is more committed to outworking his purposes than any of us. He is fully faithful to bring to fruition everything that he has spoken. And is watching over his word, actively ready to perform it. The psalmist in Psalm 27 says this, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take this, Let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. The state of your heart during this is important. Because what can be an opportunity for one person to develop patience, Can be taken by another person to develop impatience. What could be a space for one person to be encouraged can, for another person, be a space of discouragement. And a lot of that comes down to what we allow to get into our hearts, what we allow to take root in our hearts. Those seeds, those thoughts, those different emotions that come, what are you going to allow to take root in your heart? We're responsible for the state of our hearts. You can't always help what happens to you, but you can always help what happens in you. You always have a say on what happens in you, how you respond, how you react, how you process. The state of our hearts... He watches over his word. We watch over our hearts. Listen to this. This was was said about Joseph in Psalm 105 verse 19. It says, until the time come to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God gave him vision. God gave him a dream. He said, this is what's going to take place. But then until that time come, God tested his character. He wanted to make sure that he became the person that he needed to be to walk in the mantle that he was going to walk in. He wanted to do the internal work on his character so that he could walk him into the vision that he had for his life. Now, we may read that and think that's not very nice, God. Just give him his dreams we can read that and think that is very nice, God. You work on his heart and his character before you release him into those different things. Some of us are thinking, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of us in the room today, we're like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. When's the green light coming? When's the green light coming? When's the green light coming? And God's just saying, I'll let you know when you're ready. I'm probably he's probably a better judge of that. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. He said, "No, no, no. I've got to work a little bit more on this area of your life. This bit of your character. I'm just going to do a little bit more surgery in this area." You've got to understand, as I said before, eternal perspective, long-term perspective. Look at today in in, in the light of what's to come. How many times has God given you a red light that stopped you from running into a truck? And we're complaining about the stop, and he's saving your life. Sometimes if he releases us into everything we think we are destined for, when we're not mature enough for it, we damage ourselves and other people. So wait well, wait patiently, wait expectantly and see the moments in between from where we are right now to where God is taking us, from who we are right now to where God is, who God is making us, see that as a blessing. Pray and watch and wait. Don't fight it. He'll let you know when you're ready. He'll let you know when it's time to go. He'll let you know when it's green lights. But it's a blessing to wait. Don't be like the disciples who fell asleep three times. And God, you know, I guess the caveat at the end of it is God is so gracious to us that even in the middle we mess it up we make mistakes we get impatient we have a bad attitude and he doesn't leave us he doesn't stop working with us or on us or in us He's an incredibly gracious God The waiting room, the waiting room that we sometimes dread, we actually see that it's a changing room. It's a place where we are able to change and allow God to change who we are to who He has called and destined us to be. And that is good news. For everyone in this room. Because it doesn't matter if you just walked in for the first time today. Or you've been in church for the last 50 years. You have not come to that place that God has for you just yet. None of us can say, I'm there. I've arrived. Until the day of his return. When we will all be perfected we've all got growing to do. See it as a gift as God blesses us with the red lights at times. I'm going to pray for us this morning and I pray that God helps the attitudes of our hearts to embrace His work in every season of life. That He helps us with our hearts to stay patient and to stay soft Even when we're feeling like it's time now, God. Maybe we can bow our heads together and I'll pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the stories and the scriptures that we see um, contained within your word. We know that it brings life. God, we thank you for uh, the the encouragement to each of us in this room this morning to uh, wait well. Lord, you are sovereign. You know the beginning from the end. You know, not just my story, but every person in this world, in this room, story, and in this world's story. There is not one of us that is outside of your gaze. God, you know the intricacies of our lives. You know our waking up, and you know our going to sleep, and you know everything in between. And Lord, you are using all things to work out your your purposes. And we thank you, God, that we. Even in times when we don't understand it all, that you still know what you're doing. We thank you for the, the times when you have called us to wait. Or the space where we, between who we want to be and who we are right now. Where we're waiting for the career, the relationship. we're waiting for those different things that you've put in our hearts. God, we thank you for the space to wait. I pray that our hearts would be softened, that our attitudes would be right. God, that you would help us to see with an eternal perspective, that a, a brief delay in this life will seem insignificant when we enjoy eternity. Help us to trust you and to keep our eyes on you and your word. And When circumstances around us tell us different stories about what's happening, where we are, where we're going, where we'll be. Lord, we pray that you would help us to just trust and keep our eyes upon you. Protect our minds from thoughts that would intrude and invade and would set themselves against Christ and his word. Lord, help us to stay alert and watchful in prayer and to not fall asleep on the job. We thank you for your grace that covers us. Lord, we thank you that you are working all things out. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every person in this room. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.